0: hey what's up everyone it is pastor marcus here from the storychurchproject.com welcome to the Project podcast where our focus is how to redesign the local Adventist church to tell its story loud to a culture that is no longer listening i hope that you're blessed by what you hear and that it inspires you to make a difference in your local church today everyone, it's Marcus here. Welcome back to The Story Church Podcast for another week. Today, I want to talk about the five things that I love about Adventism. And here's the thing, guys. if As you're hearing these, you might resonate with some of these or you might think of some stuff that you love about Adventism that maybe I've missed. So feel free to uh, jump on uh, thestorychurchproject.com and send me an email. Let me know what you think. Or just go to my Facebook page where this blog post is and uh, you can drop a comment there. Share what your favorite thing about Adventism is. Now, here's the thing. Oftentimes, what I do uh, here on the Story Church Project is uh, I challenge the Seventh-day Adventist Church, particularly in the Western context, to, um, I mean, to basically to do better, right? That's, I guess that's (laughs) a really simple way of summarizing it all. Whether I'm calling our local church structure to be redesigned for mission, or I'm provoking our cultural quirks and questioning their utility, or disputing unhealthy theological frameworks that exist among us, the message is pretty much the same. We have to do better. Uh, But this week, I decided that I would hit the pause button on this revolutionary uh, broadcast uh, just to share five things that I actually really, really love about Adventism and uh, I'm not gonna go like crazy deep into these it'll be pretty simple Um, but uh, yeah here are the five things that I love about Adventism number one number one I love our theological trajectory now I could go on and on about this but in short Adventism is a theological narrative that is not about Adventism and I love that because at the end of the day, like the bottom line of Adventist theology is that it's a story about God, about His heart and His love, and it's centered and strung together in Jesus, and it's just so cool, so cool. Uh, but but the best part about it is, uh, notice that, you know, I said the number one thing I love, I didn't actually say I love our theological narrative, I said I love our theological trajectory. Um, and that is because even though I love our theological narrative as I understand it today, The beautiful thing about that narrative is that it's not set in stone it's constantly unfolding and developing and and yes look i gotta admit it all right um there is a tension and there are people within the adventist movement who would love it if we had a more stringent creedal kind of adventism but the fact is when you actually look at adventism for what it is you know i'm not talking about the institution i'm talking about the theological sort of framework the narrative um, stringent, creedal kind of thinking is just not in our DNA. So as a result, we remain sort of committed to to, to Scripture instead of just like this statement of beliefs that a lot of people, you know, they, they'd love to just be like, oh, we believe this and we believe that and that's the end of the story. But we're committed to not only Scripture, but to the fact that we will always discover more in Scripture. And, and that commitment, I believe so far has enabled us to develop an understanding of the love of god that no other theological system around can match and i know that's not like a really politically correct thing to say uh and, and and you know if the wrong person hears it they might walk away thinking "Oh, these guys are narcissists um look i wouldn't be an adventist if i didn't believe there was something eccentric about what we have to say and i truly honestly believe that when it comes to um the adventist narrative properly understood it's a theological trajectory that takes us deeper into the love of god than any other theological trajectory I've encountered and you know I studied quite a bit of them so um, alright let me jump on to number two um, okay so this one's gonna probably annoy a few people and that's okay I've got some friends who are not going to dig this one and that's fine um, but I love that we are historicists now historicism for those of you who don't know historicism is an interpretive method for understanding that in Revelation boom uh, there's a few different interpretive methods, and this is one of them. So, here's the thing historicism, like it's been challenged for forever by people both inside and outside our church. And, and I don't question these people. I don't, you know, like people get into these big fights and call each other names. I, I think that's dumb. Um, I, I enjoy what, you know, critics have to say, and, and I think it's important to sometimes, you know, like look at yourself through the lens of someone else and identify where your weaknesses are. So, I'm okay with that. Um, and even today, you know like this is a historical thing. and even today there's like this whole new gang of voices that are repeating this the same old um, attacks. and and obviously, and, you know, I must admit um, introducing some new ones that are really interesting. Uh, and that's fine because like I said, everyone everyone's entitled to their own thing. and, and I think we should all respect that. But for Adventism, uh, historicism is an apocalyptic interpretive method that has transcendent efficacy and like i said i and here's the thing like i don't pretend that historicism is a perfect method um i don't pretend that we have it all figured out or that it can't be misused because it can and it is and it certainly has been uh but historicism um it takes us on this journey and in 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 short it's it's the only prophetic interpretive method that uh, that unveils god in action throughout the entirety of human time. And I think that's something really, really compelling about it. Now, that doesn't mean it's true. That doesn't in and of itself mean that it's correct. Um, but I think that there is something there worth continuing to explore. Uh, and, and there's voices within and without our church who are saying, abandon it, abandon it. And I'm like, no, there's something here that's worth continuing to explore. Um, it's like I said, it's it's the only theological or, or rather um, apocalyptic interpretive method that sees God action throughout the entirety of human time throughout the entirety of human history whereas most of the methods like futurism or preterism they, they posit most of his activity toward the distant future and the distant past so if you have partial preterism or partial futurism then there's a you know there's a bit more uh, leaning toward there's a few things that he's done you know throughout history as well not just distant past or distant future but nothing like historicism which really looks at his activity throughout the entirety of human history and um and even during the Dark Ages, where like it looks like God took a vacation, right? And <laughs> you can even think back to the movie um, Bruce Almighty, where, where Morgan Freeman you know, sort of playing the character of God says, oh, you know, I took a vacation during the Dark Ages. That's the last time I had a holiday. Um, and, and so Adventism's apocalyptic consciousness helps us understand God's presence and movement even in that darkest page of the church's sordid story. Um, and on top of that, for me personally, I think it's cool that we're the only historicist denomination left. Like some people see that as a sign that we're the only li- idiots left in Christendom. Um, I see it as a sign that we're the only anti conformists left. So I suppose it just depends on your perspective. Um, now, here's the thing, guys. At the end of the day, of course, like my love for historicism is rooted in the text. Like it's it's not whether I think it's neat or not. Um, But explaining that's going to take way more time and space than I have right now. Uh, So I just want to move on, but just want to drop that in there. I love the fact that we are his sources. So moving on to number three, um, I love our global structure. Now, despite, here's the thing, guys. Despite all the challenges created by having an intercontinental and cross-cultural institution, I honestly can't think of anything better. Now, some of my more postmodern anti-institutionalist friends find this appalling, right? They they wonder how someone as forward-thinking as me can be so fond of our global structure. Um, after all if you just look around all those super cool non-denominational churches they're really neat because they keep all their tithe in house and they don't have this global structure and they can just focus on their community and boom it's powerful you know community is a buzzword right now and so it's like come on you know global structure sucks we need to be just community focused um why can't we do the same and and my answer revolves around the pragmatic idea that while cynical anti institutionalism has some value It also falls flat when it comes to the practical needs of a global mission. Now, here's, let me explain that before I move on to point number four, real quick. Um, The fact is, Adventism has a message that must go to the entire world, all right? That's the first premise. Now, if you believe that, then you need an institution to facilitate that mission, and, and so in my experience, those who reject the institution are usually only interested in reaching their immediate local region. You know, so they say, oh, we, you know, we, just, we need more funds here so we can reach this community, right? And that's cool. Like, there's value in that. Um, but those who reject the institution, that's usually their angle. It's like, we just, you know, we want to do a better work here in this region. But Adventism, here's the key, guys. Adventism doesn't have a regional message, It has a global one for every person on earth. So the bottom line is we need a global structure. Uh, Now, of course, you know, I'm the first one to applaud the voices that say that this institution needs reform. Like, oh, my goodness, it definitely does, because more often than not, especially nowadays, our institution tends to get in the way. Of that global mission rather than facilitate it but that doesn't mean that we should abandon it the fact remains is very simple the fact remains if we have a global message we need a global presence and the level of organization needed for a global presence to actually work it demands an institution man and so you know you gotta be pragmatic about it you know don't be cynical um and and you know you just you gotta look at it you you know like i said pragmatically so because i accept the premise that we have a global message then I naturally embrace our global structure as a needed tool to that end. So that's point number three. Uh, point number four: I love our health message. So yes, there's always the annoying people who are like super gung ho and fanatical, and nobody likes them. I get that. Even even look here, here's the thing: like even non-Christian vegan hippies have their weirdos who will chop your head off for daring to eat your sweet potato quinoa salad in a plastic container, right? Like, how dare you? Um, But despite this wacko reality, if you want to call it that, the health message is one of the coolest things about Adventism. So first of all, like, it's rooted in the idea that human beings are holistic creatures whose spiritual, emotional, and physical nature is intertwined like the rhythm, melody, and harmony of a musical composition. I mean, tell me that's not cool. Um, And when they flow well, right? When there's intertwined holistic nature of man when it flows well something beautiful happens both at the individual and at the collective level so even other denominations if you look at movements like rethinking hell uh, have started to pick up on the value of a holistic approach to the human as opposed to the dualist approach that has governed classical theology and uh, for decades for centuries sorry man decades is an understatement for for centuries um and it's given birth not only to generations of Christians with little care for the physical well-being of the human. this is, this is dualism, um, but it's also also to doctrines like eternal torment that have driven skepticism to the heights of influence it enjoys today. And so you know for me, the, the health message is awesome because it's rooted in an idea that um, rejects this dualist sort of view of humanity and, and also results in individual and collective beauty. Uh, And I think it's great. I think it's absolutely amazing. Number five is the last one. I love our potentiality. Now, because of Adventism's theological trajectory, pardon me, theological trajectory, its apocalyptic consciousness, its global structure, and its holistic view on man, I believe its future potential is beyond anything we've yet imagined. And, And here's an important thing to keep in mind, right? Like, most of our beliefs exist outside of our church like we're not the only people who believe in the sabbath and the state of the dead like we do or or anything like that you know most of our beliefs exist outside our church but they do so sporadically right so here there, everywhere but in adventism each of these elements coalesce to form a movement and a story that is unheard of in the world and the moment that we lock into that and we get excited about it and we refuse to allow tradition or fundamentalism or narcissism to get in the way of it, that is the moment that we will sweep the world with something grand. Our potential, I believe, our potential is overwhelmingly exciting. And I pray and hope for the day that it is unveiled for the world to see. It's going to be... Absolutely amazing. So those are five things, guys. Just five quick things that I love about Adventism. I love our theological trajectory. I love that we are historicists. I love our global structure. I love our health message. And I love our potentiality. Again, if there's some things that you love about Adventism that I wasn't able to mention in this podcast or this blog, make sure you comment. You know, just go to Facebook.com/slash the story project. You should see a post somewhere toward the top. That has to do with this, drop your comment there. And also, don't forget, guys, this is huge, all right? This is huge. Uh, I've recently released the ebook, How to Study the Bible with Postmoderns. It's free, all right? Like, it's free. All you gotta do is pop in your email address and your first name, and boom, it goes straight to your email address, not charging a penny. Uh, and it's an amazing book. Like, I've had so much uh, really good feedback from this book. That I really want to encourage you to check it out. I'll, I'll share some of the feedback that I've gotten. The first one's from Zach Payne. He says, "Hey man, I just cracked open your new book about studying with postmoderns. Can't put it down. So far, this is great stuff. Right? That's that's one of the um, testimonials that I've gotten from the book. Here's another one by Daniela Tamuta. I read the book. Reading it really helped me to better understand our society and the approach that is relevant and needed to share." God's love. I mean, that is absolutely cool. Uh, One more. This is from Jacob Tabo. Truly eye opening. This book came at the right time when I truly needed it the most. I'm hoping to share this with the rest of the people in our church to maybe just maybe we can redesign how we do evangelism in our community. Thank you for this. Praises be unto God. Guys, those are just a few of the testimonials and and feedback that I have gotten from this free ebook. You can just go on the storychurchproject.com and you can download it for free. How to study the Bible with postmoderns. You don't want to miss. Um, But even if that's not your thing, I hope that today's podcast was inspiring for you and that it helped you to identify some of the things that you love about Adventism. And I want to encourage you to continue wherever you are in the Adventist world, whether it's a local church um, or, you know, as a member or as a pastor or as an elder, you know, or maybe as an administrator, whatever it might be, Uh, I hope to encourage you to redesign your local church permission. Take care, guys. I will catch you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's latest episode of the Story Church Project podcast. I hope you were blessed. If you haven't yet had a chance, I want to invite you to head over to thestorychurchproject.com and subscribe to the newsletter. Not only will you get the latest updates every week, but I'm also going to send you a free gift straight to your inbox. You don't want to miss it. I'll catch you on the next one.